What is up, divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com, which is always popping during the offseason. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Today, we are going to go over the first team finally here. It's official. We have started the projection series, and we are starting off with the Baltimore Ravens. How are they going to do in 2021? What do I expect from Rashad Bateman, a highly touted rookie that a lot of us liked? And the landing spot doesn't look great, so what do I expect? And remember, we're working a 17-game season now. I'm going to basically releasing podcasts every... I'm, I'm shooting for two a week. I'm basically going to do it whenever I get it done. Um, I'm going to try and go at a, a good pace for you guys. I'm going to go team by team. Should be a small, easily digestible podcast for every team. About 20 minutes or so for each team. Maybe less. We'll see what happens. But we're starting with the Ravens. And... Before you really get into projections, you got to look at what changed. It's kind of what I talked about on the last podcast. So we're going to check out the personnel. They lost Orlando Brown. Uh Uh-oh, is that offensive line in trouble compared to last year? I wouldn't say so, not so quickly at least, because Ronnie Stanley is back healthy now. He missed a lot of last season due to injury. So although they lost Orlando Brown, if you're comparing to last year, it's not really going to be any different this year because they are also have somebody returning so they lost Orlando Brown and get Ronnie Stanley back but they also added more guys to the offensive line and this was enlightened to me by Nate Christian I'm sure you guys know him by now he's my dude for the Ravens and also my dude in general he's the person I've had on as a guest most often at Nate NFL on Twitter and he was telling me about the Ravens because when I know somebody that is a fan and super plugged into a team, they obviously know more about that team than I do. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know everything about every team. So I like to use those resources so you guys can get the best information. And me and him were talking about, you know, the little things, things that I I wouldn't be as plugged in on, like the offensive line and, and positional coaching changes. And he was telling me that their offensive line is probably going to be better than it was, even though they lost Orlando Brown, because not only is Ronnie Stanley back, but after adding Kevin Zeitler, Alejandro Villanueva, and Ben Cleveland in the draft, and moving Bredesen to center, which will be an upgrade at center from last year, their whole entire offensive line is kind of retooled in a way, and it's it should be much better. So we have that going for us already, is an upgrade in the offensive line department. There's also an upgrade in the wide receiver department. They drafted Rashad Bateman. They drafted Tylen Wallace. And they also have new wide receivers coaches who should be an upgrade. Both of these guys have coached some really good wide receivers like Tyreek Hill and others. And I'm pretty sure the other one is is from Pittsburgh and was coaching Juju and, and some of the other receivers over there. So we should have some better route combinations because that was something that was not great for the wide receivers in that offense previously was the routes that they were running and just the design of the play call so that should be better if they have an impact and Greg Roman is willing to listen to them I assume he will because he did acknowledge 
in a press conference that what he's doing isn't working and he needs to change it up. And I think also drafting those two receivers kind of, you know, shows that the organization is bought into that same sentiment. The defense, on the other hand, is about the same. So we're not going to be like the Ravens are going to be behind way more because the defense got worse and they're going to throw a bunch or the defense is absolutely dominant and they're going to just run the ball down everyone's throats, down everyone's throats more than usual because they do that in general. So defense is about the same. That makes it much easier to project for this team specifically. So now let's look at some historical trends. Over the last two seasons, those are the two seasons, Lamar Jackson has been the full-time starter for the Baltimore Ravens. All right, last two seasons, the Ravens have passed league low 43% of the time, ran the ball 57% of the time. That is ridiculous. That is insane. And the wide receiver moves should bring that up. They're still going to run more than they pass. At least that's what I project. I don't think there's going to be that big of a change. But instead of a 43% pass rate, I could see about a 47% pass rate. That's a 4% bump. That's pretty significant. You don't see bumps much bigger than that from season to season for teams. But I think because of the way that this team is trending and the personnel moves that they made, it kind of hints to the fact that, yeah, they're going to get closer to the league average of about 57% pass rate. 47 is still a long ways away. So they're still going to be one of the, if not the most run-heavy approaches and offenses in the league, but I do think they're going to pass a little bit more. So I have their split now at 47% pass, 53% run. Also, the last two seasons, they're running about 61 plays a game on offense. Well, if you extend that over a 17-game season now, not a 16-game season, all of a sudden you're looking at 1,037 plays. Now you just take the share that I had, the 47% pass, 53% run on on their play count, and you end up with a 487 pass attempt season over 17 games and 549 runs. So now that we have the basis, we have the ground, we could start going up. We could start building the uh, the floors, you could say. And we're starting with Lamar Jackson. Remember, you always start with the quarterback. And we already got his pass attempts locked in because we know where we have projected the percentage of the time that we think the Ravens are going to pass the ball. So I, I think they're going to pass a little bit more than usual because of the moves they've made in the offseason thus far. So I have them with 487 pass attempts. Remember, 17-game season, so it's not like a huge, huge bump. But with that said, Lamar Jackson should be in line for a really good year. He's got better wide receiver coaches coaching his receivers. He's also got better receivers in general. So the upgrade in weapons at that position... His completion percentage is probably going to rise a little bit from his 64.4 last year. I have him around 66.1 completion percentage in 2019, and that's what I think he's going to be more around this year. Also, his yards for completion should rise a bit as well. Not necessarily because the receivers are better, but because the route combinations and the things that the Wide receiver coaches are going to do with these guys should be a little bit better. Also, if Marquise Brown starts catching some more of those deep balls, then his yards per completion or his yards per reception would go up, which also affects Lamar Jackson's yards per completion. So a bunch of little minuscule things I think are going to raise his yards per completion a little bit. I have him at about 11.8. So we also have discussed the fact that he is going to throw more. So not only do I think he's going to be more efficient, this doesn't happen often when someone's efficiency and volume rises, but because the volume 
for Lamar Jackson in terms of passing has been so low, it's not going to be a crazy thought to have that, you know, actually turn out to be the case. So Lamar Jackson, he's going to throw more and it's going to lead to a little bit less rushing, but he's so insane with rushing, it's not going to matter. His touchdown rate is going to be tricky to project because he has better weapons, which will help his touchdown rate be higher, but it's already been so high, and it's because the play action is usually pretty effective for the Ravens because they're always worried about the run game, and if he starts throwing more, that rate will actually likely decrease, but that's natural. When quarterbacks throw a lot, the quarterbacks that throw like a ridiculous amount of passes, their touchdown rates usually are not as insane, insanely high. Usually the guys that lead in touchdown rate are like Russell Wilson. He doesn't throw that much. Lamar Jackson, he doesn't throw much. Ryan Tannehill, he doesn't throw that much because they're able to be more efficient with their passes because their run game is so effective that it just changes the way the defense plays them, makes them more explosive in terms of passing touchdowns, basically. So, His rate's probably going to go down a little bit, but the increased volume is still going to help him out a lot. With that said, I'm going with a good but lower than his average rate of 6.6. So Lamar Jackson, average touchdown rate is 7.2 in his career, but because he's going to be passing the ball more, even though he has better weapons, I think it's safer to put it around 6.6. The league average is usually around like a 4.8 or 5, so still well above the league average. Now let's talk about the actual players that benefit from Lamar Jackson. Let's start with Mark Andrews. He's got a 24% target share the last two years. That is very, very good. The only reason he has not been an absolutely elite tight end is because that 24% target share has been coming from about 400 pass attempts a season. But now we're getting closer to a 500 pass attempt season. That's what we have projected. Granted, there is another game, but we do think they're going to pass more on a per game basis than usual. But we also have Rashad Bateman and Tylen Wallace being added to the offense. So how is that going to change things? These additional wide receivers, in my opinion, are going to hurt him, mainly Rashad Bateman, because, I mean, there's no way they don't hurt him unless they just suck. Unless Rashad Bateman ends up being really bad, Tylen Wallace is really bad, and Marquise Brown doesn't, like, improve significantly, then Mark Andrews' target share is going to drop from 24%. There's too many weapons there for him to dominate in that way. They also should make him more efficient. So even though his target share is going to drop, which is what I'm projecting from 24%, he should be more efficient because he's not the only person the defense has to worry about anymore. When Mark Andrews was the go-to target, yes, Marquise Brown got 100 targets last year, and that was nice and surprising, and he did get more than Mark Andrews. He also played more games, but... Mark Andrews is is the threat. He's the dude. He's the chain mover on third downs. And that's what the defense knows. They know to look for him in the third and long situation when Lamar can't run and he has to pass. They're all over Mark Andrews. It makes it harder for him to bring in balls because they're going to be harder to catch in general because he's got more coverage on him. Plus, he's not going to be able to do as much after the catch because everyone's already close to him. They're already paying a lot of attention to him with Rashad Bateman on the outside now. And, and maybe sometimes in the slot. And then Marquise Brown being able to be more of a field stretcher because they have that possession receiver in Rashad Bateman. And maybe Tylen Wallace ends up being really good. I, I liked him a lot. I was one of the higher people on Tylen Wallace. Now, for fantasy purposes, I'm out on him because of the offense, because there's not enough passes to go around, and because he's like the fourth option at best right now. But nevertheless, we're not talking about Tylen Wallace. We're talking about Mark Andrews right now. 
he will be more efficient, but his target share will drop. So I don't think he's going to actually be that much different than he was before these new weapons were added. Then you have Marquise Brown. This is the person I think really takes a hit. Over the last two years, his target share has been 21.5%. Well, Rashad Bateman probably takes the number one spot as the possession guy. It might not happen right away. I think it's probably going to happen towards the end of the first season. So Rashad Bateman's rookie year probably is going to start off rough, and then he'll get there, and he'll end up taking over towards the end. Marquise Brown, he might get relegated to more of a deep ball guy, more of a gadget guy, use his speed, use his ability to get get yards after the catch. So I expect a huge decrease in targets, but his yards per catch should go up because he's going to be utilized probably more on deep shots and stuff than he was before, now that they have a true possession guy to work closer to the line of scrimmage and the middle of the field. Now let's talk about that man himself, Rashad Bateman. He was my number three wide receiver in this draft class. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, he was. He was in front of Jalen Waddle for me. He was my number three wide receiver in this draft class. I hated the fact that he landed here because if Rashad Bateman was like 125, 130 target guy in a different offense, he could have been an absolute beast, a stud for fantasy. I likened him to Chris Godwin, but that's not the case. He's here with the Ravens. I think his rookie year is probably going to start slow. So if you're drafting him in Dynasty, don't panic, sell him. A lot of people did that with Justin Jefferson, and look at how that turned out for him because he started really slow too. Do not do not do that. He's a very good route runner. He'll get into the offense. He'll get it down, and then he'll be good enough. He'll be all right. But his target share after this year, I think, will be above 20. But for this year, I think it's going to be around 19%. He's probably going to start around 15 and then get up to about 20, 21 towards the end of the season. That would be great in an offense that threw 580 times, 600 times, but that's obviously not this offense, so I'm not super high on him for fantasy. We'll talk about the total projections, like I'll give you my actual yardage for these receivers and touchdowns and stuff, but we're going to keep that for the end. Right now, I'm just going through the process. So that's Rashad Bateman, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews. Now let's talk about the running backs. There's not really any other receivers that are going to be fantasy relevant, right? So let's move to the running backs. J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. There's two of them because they're both relevant, especially because Gus Edwards is going to be one of the best possible handcuff running backs in fantasy football and one of the most potent, if not most potent, rushing attacks. After you take Lamar's runs out of the, what was it, 500, let me scroll up, 549 runs that we have projected for the Ravens this season, after you take out Lamar Jackson's runs, you got about 390 carries to split between J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and then the little miscellaneous running backs, Justice Hill, and stuff that they give a couple carries to. That's 23 runs per game to split between Dobbins, Edwards, and other running backs. And this is not different than how it's been. This is how it has been in the Ravens offense. There's not that many carries to go around to each running back. And this is part of the reason why a lot of you guys have said, oh, Brandon, I love your projections because I put the picture out of the projections already on Twitter. A lot of you guys have said, you know, I love the projections for J.K. Dobbins. But I think it's because you see a high rushing yard number, you don't really realize that the lack of receptions is really going to hold him back. And it does. And he's probably going to be in the RB2 area for me, which we'll touch on a little bit later. But J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, they got 23 carries to split between them every single game. The Ravens have not had somebody get more than 55% of the running back carries in the last three years. That is not 
with Lamar Jackson included, if you take out Lamar Jackson, if you just look at the carries to the running backs, they have never had somebody dominate the carries. Now, I think that changes, but you can't expect a massive change of workload for J.K. Dobbins. You can't expect him to take over this backfield and relegate Gus Edwards to a 20% carry share. It's probably going to be about 60-40. If you're being optimistic, I think I can't. I am a little bit. You could put it at 62-38 or 65-35. I have it at 62-38. I think J.K. Dobbins is going to be the biggest share of carries that the Ravens have had in the last four years at the running back position, four or five. Honestly, probably going back to Ray Rice. I didn't look past the last three years. That's all I looked at. But J.K. Dobbins has never, never topped 15 carries last year. And when he was like really good and everyone was playing him towards the end of the season last year, what were his carry counts? 11, 12, 10, 12, 11. That's not going to get it done. That's not going to get it done. He does not have the ceiling that everyone thinks he has. I see people saying, oh, J.K. Dobbins could be a top five fantasy running back. J.K. Dobbins could finish as the RB1 in that offense. No, he can't. He cannot. Why? Because he's he's missing two things. He needs one of two things for that to happen. If you're not going to be involved as a receiver, in, as a running back, if you're not a receiving back for fantasy football, for you to have the chance to finish as like a top three guy, you need to be hitting upwards of 300 carries. That's AKA Derrick Henry. J.K. Dobbins is not going to get anywhere near 300 carries. No way, unless Gus Gus Edwards goes down or Lamar Jackson goes down. Then, sure, but we don't like banking on injury. That's not a profitable way to play fantasy football. So I have, with that 62-38 split, right, Dobbins getting 62% of the carries to the running back position, that puts him at 241. On a 17-game season, not a 16-game season, on a 17-game season, 241 carries. That's not great for someone who's not going to get utilized in the receiving game that much because, let's face it, the Ravens offense has never really passed to the running backs. And rushing quarterbacks don't usually pass to running backs. Why? Because instead of checking it down to the running back, why risk a dropped pass or a bobbled pass that turns into an interception when you're a rushing quarterback? You could just run those yards. Instead of checking it down to J.K. Dobbins so he can get five yards, If you're Lamar Jackson, you could run for seven. You could run for eight. And that's why Kyler Murray also does not check down to the running backs that much. You look at those running quarterbacks, and they don't check it down very often. So that's not great for J.K. Dobbins. But Gus Edwards, he'll be a high-quality backup. If J.K. Dobbins went down, then that would be awesome for Edwards. So he's somebody that is definitely worth, for those people that for some reason think it's a good idea to go zero RB, Make sure you get Gus Edwards. That'll be a good one towards the end of your drafts. Also, if you just like collecting handcuffs that have high upside, Gus Edwards would be one of them. Now, let's look about or let's look at the efficiency for the run game. Like I talked about earlier, the offensive line has gotten better. That was also another reason why I think Lamar Jackson and the receivers are going to have some efficiency bumps because Lamar Jackson should have more time in the pocket and let those receivers' routes develop deeper down the field. And they'll have more time to get open because the offensive line is better. Thus, Lamar Jackson gets to wait a little bit longer before he has to pass the ball. Now, the same is true for J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Because the offensive line has increased, their efficiency should efficiency should as well. So, J.K. Dobbins, and I was in a debate with somebody on Twitter about this, J.K. Dobbins ran for 6 yards per carry last year. I am projecting him for 6 yards per carry this year. I must be off the rocker, right? 
How am I going to project somebody to be so efficient? Especially when I'm somebody that loves using history as an indicator of the future. And you never really have a running back double down on six yards per carry. Well, we've also never had a Lamar Jackson before. And when you have a rushing quarterback, it makes it very easy to be efficient in the run game as a running back. Because the linebackers, like I told you guys on the last episode, linebackers, they have to wait another half second trying to make the decision. Is the quarterback running this ball? Is this a fake handoff and it's a keeper for the quarterback? Or is the running back getting it? And that half second makes it so much easier for guys to be efficient. And I don't think it's crazy to think that J.K. Dobbins can produce at the exact same yards per carry as last year. Yes, he broke off, broke off a bunch of big runs last year. Who's to say he doesn't do that again? And even if he doesn't, there's a bunch of wide receiver weapons on the outside now that they didn't have before. There's also, hopefully, an increase in how mu- how often the Ravens' offense passes, which means the defenses can't just play the run like they are used to doing versus Baltimore, which should also lighten the box, the amount of defenders in the box that J.K. Dobbins has to face when he gets a carry. So it's very plausible that he hits six again, even if he doesn't. If he hits 5.8 yards per carry, that's a win. For my projection. Why? Because on 240 carries, 0.2 yards per carry is not a big difference. That's like 100 yards on a season. That's nothing. That's 10 fantasy points. That's the difference between one extra touchdown or not. So I'm not too worried about it. I'm pretty confident in the, the Dobbins projection of his efficiency. I think that's another reason why people thought I was really bullish on him. They just didn't realize his total output in fantasy points. Now, We've talked about all the fantasy-relevant guys for the Ravens, but there's also another category that must be discussed, and I actually forgot to mention this when I went through how I do my projections, and it's the other category. So not only do you have to make sure you hit that quarterback position first so you can build off off the quarterback for everyone else's stats and make sure it all makes sense, but you have to make sure what's left makes sense. If I project all of the receivers that we've gone through and the tight ends, well, the tight end, off Lamar Jackson and all of their yardage doesn't add up to what Lamar Jackson has, that's good, but the other category has to make sense. I'll give you an example. I have Lamar Jackson for 487 pass attempts. After I take out everyone we've talked about, I have 150 pass attempts left. That means there's 150 targets to go around to all the other guys in the offense, which is pretty conducive to how it's been for the Ravens. They do spread the ball around a little bit, which is also another reason why I'm not super, super excited about Rashad Bateman. But 150 targets to go around, right? Well, the completions better make sense. So after I subtract the completions of everyone we've talked about from Lamar Jackson's completions, guess what I have left? 100. So that's a 66% rate catch rate for everyone else in the offense that's almost right in line with Lamar Jackson's average that I haven't projected for so that makes sense and then the yardage that's left after everyone we've projected is 1140 so that's about what 11 yards per catch that's perfect I haven't projected at 11.8 and we've projected the more talented players so that makes sense these guys that we did not project are not going to be as efficient And then we've got 11 touchdowns to go around to the rest of the offense. All of it makes sense. So now, with that said, that's the other category. It includes Sammy Watkins, Tylen Wallace, their other depth receivers, their other running backs like Justice Hill and whatnot, and their secondary and third tight ends. 
The Ravens have better depth now than they have before, so it's also less likely in that way that the top dogs dominate the target share. So what are the true projections? What are the fantasy projections? What are the numerical projections? Here they are. Lamar Jackson, all right, 2021 17-game season, Lamar Jackson is going to throw for 3,793 yards, 32 touchdowns, rush for 1,034 yards, and rush for six touchdowns. Now, I know he's had seven the past two years. I think because they're going to pass the ball a little bit more, that his rushing touchdown production is going to take a slight hit in the form of one rushing touchdown. Now let's talk about Rashad Bateman. I think he's going to be the wide receiver one when it's all said and done. I have him at 93 targets, 62 receptions, 806 yards, and six touchdowns. Marquise Brown at 88 targets, 48 receptions, 689 yards, also six touchdowns. Mark Andrews being the target share leader at 102 targets, 71 receptions, 896 yards and eight touchdowns. And then Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins are both pretty light on the receptions. I've got Edwards at nine receptions, J.K. Dobbins at 29, going for 200 yards, and then Edwards going for 60 yards in the receiving game. And I've got one receiving touchdown going to J.K. Dobbins. And what about the rushing attack for the running backs? Because we already talked about Lamar's 1,034 yards that I have projected. J.K. Dobbins, I think, is going to get 241 carries, as we discussed before, for 1,446 yards and 10 touchdowns. So I think he's probably going to be in the top five for rushing production, but the lack of receiving is going to hurt him in fantasy. And then Gus Edwards, I have for 148 carries, 770 yards, and five touchdowns. So pretty much half of what J.K. Dobbins is going to do in terms of actually in terms of everything, receiving and rushing. So overall, I have Lamar Jackson at 24.7 points per game. That's a a standard four-point-per-touchdown league. He's probably going to be my QB1 because 24.7 points per game is a whole bunch, and I don't see myself probably hitting that number on any other quarterback. I mean, we'll see what happens with Mahomes, what happens with Kyler, but those are probably the only guys, maybe Josh Allen, Maybe Dak Prescott that will have a chance of beating that. But I'm telling you right now, Lamar Jackson's probably my quarterback one because of the upgrades they made to the offense. Then Rashad Bateman I have at 10.5 points per game. That's going to put him probably around like wide receiver 35, wide receiver 40 in projections. Marquise Brown I have at 9 points per game. This is full PPR. Mark Andrews at 12.3. So he'll probably be like tight end 5. It really just depends on my Pitts projection. He'll probably be like tight end five or six. J.K. Dobbins at 15.3. That's going to put him in the running back 15 range. So how do I know like where these guys are going to end up? This is my fourth year doing this, doing these projections. So I kind of know where my numbers end up. But I will actually give you guys rankings the more teams we get done. And as rankings start to actually form, obviously, this this is the first team we've gone over. So I can't just give you like, oh, this is my RB12 or whatever. So Dobbins is probably going to be about RB15. And then Gus Edwards, 7.2 points per game. He's just a handcuff with good upside. He's not somebody that you're, unless you're in really deep leagues, you're really going to be starting. In deep leagues, it's all right to start him, throw him in the flex, in desperation, hope for a touchdown because of the rushing attack that they have there. So that's the Baltimore Ravens. And next up is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. I have not projected them yet as of the time of recording, but 
actually, I'm about to go project them right now. And uh, we'll see when I release the podcast episodes. I'm I'm sorry I'm not going to be on a consistent schedule. I was every Tuesday. But if I only did one a week, then obviously we would not get done in time for the season. The season is closer than 32 weeks away. And we need to get this done before the season comes. So I'll probably try and get like two teams, maybe three teams done a week. It really just depends on my schedule uh, with my new job. But we'll see what happens. Thank you guys for tuning in to Deep Dive Fantasy Football, diving deep in the process of how I build out my projections. This team took me about two and a half hours. I posted the picture of the projections on Twitter. You also have the links available to you to go to the Google Sheets and check it out if you want to do that. With that said, have a good one, guys. Peace. 